Well, hello again. This is Pastor Dave Keene with another episode of A Pastor and His People, a podcast for the Park Baptist Church. We can help us grow become, grow together uh, in the Lord and become better disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, today, I'm with my lovely wife, Ellen Keene. Ellen, hello. Hello. Uh, well, first, why don't we just uh, start with uh, how did you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? How did you become uh, could be a committed follower of Jesus? Yeah, um, I grew up in a home that attended church regularly, and um, certainly, you know, good morals were taught, and the expectation was that I would be a good person and treat others with respect and all of that, but um, the gospel was not a central focus in my home. It wasn't something that was really explicitly taught to me. Um, and it wasn't really explicitly taught to me necessarily in my church either. Now, um, what kind of church would you grow up in? I grew up in the Episcopal Church. So you would say that the gospel was presented probably pretty regularly in the liturgy. In the liturgy, absolutely, yeah. Because once I became a Christian and actually went back to the church, I saw the liturgy in a whole new light, yeah. and the gospel was definitely there, but for some reason... But just not even in the preaching of the Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I, be, um, I became a Christian when I, after college, um, I probably would have identified as a Christian before that, but, um, it was after college when I met my husband, Dave Keen, <laughs> who, who challenged me on some things that I thought meant that I was a Christian, you know, being a good person and all those sorts of things. And and I um, decided to open up the scriptures and read them. I started in Matthew and hadn't even gotten all the way through the Sermon on the Mount when it became clear that I didn't meet God's standards of holiness and um, that I really did believe that Jesus did die for our sins and that we needed that Savior. Without that Savior and without that um, sacrifice, that we were not um, uh, holy enough to go to heaven. And um, the Lord just saved me just through reading the scriptures. Amen. One of the things that's always, always encouraged me is that uh, because of your how the Lord saved you, in terms of using his word to kind of uh, open your eyes to your sin and to his mm-hmm. glory, that the word of God has been a very staple part of your Christian uh, journey uh, for the last uh, 15 years. It's been really fun to see. Uh, well, tell us a little about yourself in terms of where you're from, uh, family. Yes, I'm from Rock Hill, South Carolina. That's where I was raised. I was born in Greenville, but I moved here when I was about four months old. And um, I have a sister and a mom and a dad. And I now have a husband and three children. And 12, 7. Yep, 12, 10, 10, 10 and, 7. and 7. Two girls and one boy. You went away to college, Agnes Scott College? Yes, I went to Agnes Scott College. What did you major in? In economics. With a focus on? Developing economies. And, uh, but it was a Bachelor of Arts, so I don't even know if that's really uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a real economics degree. Yeah, we'll, 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 count, we'll count it. We'll count it. Uh, so you taught uh, public school, uh, inner city D.C. Uh-huh. Tell, tell us about that experience. Yeah, um, well, I joined Teach for America right after... Um, right after I graduated from college and I went up there and they placed me in a kindergarten class, which I absolutely loved. And then halfway through my first year of teaching, they moved me to a different school and I was teaching second grade, which I didn't love quite as much, but, um, that was, it was a good experience. Um, I only did my two years of teach for America. I didn't teach after that. Um, then I got married and I started working 
as like a secretary for Young Life in Washington, D.C. And then I started having babies. And I haven't really had a, a real job since then, I guess well, you could that's say. Not exactly. I wouldn't say that's exactly true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you are uh, doing a lot of uh, labor and, and, and raising your children. Um, well, tell us about um, uh, education. So you're very passionate about education. Of course, you went to college and mm-hmm. uh, taught public schools. And, mm-hmm. and now you're uh, uh, you know running a uh, homeschool group. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, so I homeschool my own children, and as I was starting out in homeschooling them, I was trying to learn a lot about different methods of homeschooling and all of that sort of thing, and uh, one method that I was really drawn to was the classical model of education, and um, I was introduced to a group called Classical Conversations, which equips parents to use the classical model um, from a Christian worldview in their homeschools. And so I joined one of those groups and, um, then I became a tutor in one of those groups and then I became a director of a community here in Rock Hill. And, um, it's been, that group has been a huge blessing to our family as we homeschool. Now, uh, how did you get into homeschooling? Cause I mean, both, both of us were raised in um, public school, yes. you know, private for a little while for you. Then both of us public school, a fan mm-hmm. of public education. Yeah. What made the Great change for, for you yeah. to kind of become moving towards homeschooling? Um, well, some of it was where we lived. Um, the public schools where we were living when um, our daughter was looking at moving into pre-K, actually. She went to a great preschool, um, but they didn't have a 4K program, and so we were considering where do we want her to go, and private school was one option, but that was gonna that was just out of our family budget, and um, public school was another option, but where we were living at the time... Um, the public school system was just not very good. Um, it was a really struggling area. Um, and so we decided, well, you know, it's pre-K, so we'll try it for a year. And I was about to have a baby, and that meant I didn't have to get a kid out of the house early in the morning. And, you know, how bad can I really mess up pre-K? So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna give it a shot. And <laughs> then over the course of that year, I discovered I really liked it. I really liked um, being my kids' teachers. I liked the lifestyle. I liked the flexibility. Um, so when we were coming to Rock Hill, which actually has, you know, good schools um, by a lot of uh, – standards um we decided to continue homeschooling even though public schools really were an option when we came here because we just liked the flexibility and the method of classical education all that uh, how uh, interesting or, or weird or encouraging it is for you to be a pastor's wife in your hometown um well you know i've never really thought of that <laughs> um I think it's like being a pastor's wife in any town. I mean, I don't really see a lot of people that I grew up with here. Um, mostly I see my family and I see my mom's friends and things like that. But um, I don't know that it's any different from being a pastor's wife anywhere else. Now, uh, we became, uh, I became a pastor at Park in 2012, mm-hmm. right? Um, what were some of the, 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 I mean, you've always said that you've been really welcomed as a pastor's wife, you know, some of the things you've heard about the challenges of being a pastor's wife in other places, you haven't really necessarily experienced that. No. You maybe talk about a little bit about your, you know, how Park has been just welcoming to you as, you know, your, in your role. The people at Park have always been very kind to me. I don't know, I don't know that I really ever had an experience where somebody, said anything ugly to me or placed some totally unrealistic expectations on me. Um, They've always been really good to our children. People have taken care of us. Um, 
and I, I hear it from visitors all the time that Park is an extremely welcoming church, and they've been very welcoming to me and to our family, and I'm grateful for that. Well, what are the, some of the things that you know you're involved with at Park? You've been in helping disciple college girls for the last five years now. Um, how has that kind of helped um, expand your uh, love of of God's world and His movement by His Spirit um, in the church? I mean, you know, what is your some of your experience in terms of that discipleship? I love working with college students because they're just at a time in their lives when I, I feel like they just the Lord has just lit a fire in them, and they're so excited and so hungry for His Word. Um, they. Some of them, I think, go to like six Bible studies a week. I mean, they just seem to, they seems like they can't get enough of it. And it's they're, not just that they're just going to Bible studies. They're trying to bring people. Or, yes. you know, they're not just trying to fill themselves oh, yeah, up with the Word, but they're doing that. They can do sharing evangelism. the gospel. And they're challenging themselves. They're going on mission trips in the summer. Um, and I love to see that energy. It also makes me, like, when we, when we first came to Rock Hill, I thought that I was like, maybe just about five years older than them in my mind. And now I'm realizing, oh, yeah, I'm really 20 years older than they are. And that becomes becomes more and more obvious every single year that, as they say, I keep getting older and they stay the same age. (laughs) Well done, well done. Bless for the past. Um, Well, you, besides just, uh, you know, we've had a lot of college uh, students uh, staying staying in our house and living with us over the summer. Maybe if someone's listening to this and say, okay, what is the benefit of bringing someone to live in your house for the summer during one of our summer internships? What what, what would you say to them? Well, I mean, when you have somebody come live with you, you're really letting them into your space. So there's no, like, you know, there's no cleaning up real quick before somebody comes over because they're always in your house and they're going to see all your stuff and they're going to see you on days when you're frustrated or tired or, um, I I actually really like that level of accountability. I love having someone else at our dinner table. Um, it's really fun to just, and it's, it's a great experience for my kids, I think, to have somebody not as old as mom and dad, not as young as they are, who is living experience, living the experience of their college years and who is using their college years well. I think everybody that we've had in our home has been an example to my kids of a young single person who is really passionate about the Lord. And I'm really grateful for that example that they've set for my kids. Amen. Well, you are a blessing to me in so many ways. Of course, how you raise, help, help raise our family and how you pursue Christ and push me to follow Christ. Um, Pastor Gary always says that, you know, hope was the best thing that I have as ministry. And I would say the same about you in terms of you walking alongside me. And uh, you serve our church in a number of different ways, Mm -hmm. uh, from organizing children's church to helping out in the nursery, uh, doing the the college girls Bible study, helping the WMU and events and those sorts of things. But one of your passions has always been uh, music. Uh, Mm -hmm. Why has, how has God kind of developed that passion in you? Um. I've always enjoyed singing, and I was part of um, my high school choir. Which was the Troubadours. The, the Northwestern <laughs> Troubadours, the one and only. Yes, I've uh, seen the, the VHS tapes. Which we I still actually, have the tapes, yeah. I watched them over Christmas. Yes, we That's did. right, true story. <laughs> um, and the one house in Rock Hill that has a VHS the choir. So has a VCR. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just, I love music. I think, I don't know, just singing, music. I've always loved it, and I think once I became a Christian, um, 
and I had a different perspective on some of those hymns that I've been singing my whole life. Um, I just had a deeper understanding of them. I think there's so much good, rich um, truth that's exhibited in those hymns, and just the fact that they're set to music helps me remember them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, there's, there is an element of having good, rich theological uh, songs mm-hmm. that's kind of like portable theology that you could take with you anywhere. Sure. Um, just why do you love hymnals? I love hymnals because um, sometimes the PowerPoint doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> what? But the hymnal, when you open it to hymn number such and such, that hymn's always there, and it's it's always the same as it is in all the other hymnals, and. Uh, it's just so reliable, and to have that book in my hands, it just feels good. So uh, on Sunday nights, you teach our, our kids' choir. What is your kind of aim, what is your goals for uh, that time with the kids? My goal in that one, the biggest goal that I have, is to give them another avenue for hearing the gospel. Um, that's that's one major goal in that um, class. And the other one is to help those children become congregational singers. Um, I noticed a couple of years ago that very often I'd look around the church and no one was singing. And I don't know if it was that they just felt weird singing or they didn't know the hymns or what it was, but I knew that um, when God's people come together and they lift praises to God with one voice and they encourage one another with songs and hymns and things like that, that that is um, glorifying to God, and it's something that he's asked us to do. And I know that um, through difficult times in my life, singing has encouraged me, especially singing with God's people. And I just wanted to give that um, to the church in the future. Um, I wanted children who would grow up, and they would sing in church. Um, They would sing to the Lord. They would sing to one another. Um, and they would be comfortable doing that. They would they would find their own voices in worship. Uh, today it was uh, we were singing "All I Have Is Christ," mm-hmm. and I probably was able to hear the children's voices from the pulpit more pronounced than even the adults. They really sing out. They the really sing. And not out. all of that is from my choir. I mean, we have a lot of families who regularly practice family worship in their homes, and they sing hymns all the time, and then they get it again when they come to church. Um, but I think that the children really do sing out and they really contribute a lot to the congregational singing in our church. Well, uh, and there's just a lot of them. So you, uh, got to came to Park Baptist church in 2012 with mm-hmm. me. Um, what are some things that you have seen the Lord do in the church that has really encouraged your heart? Um, well, just like we were saying, there's a lot of children in our church. And when we first got there, there weren't a lot of children. There was our family and, you know, just maybe one or two other families that were regularly attending who had children. And I can't give you numbers, but, um, it's, I think our children's ministry has grown by a few hundred percent. (laughs) And, um, that's growth from outside the church and growth from just people having more babies and watching those babies grow up and move into the children's ministry. So that's a big one. Um, there's just a lot of life. Um, again, we've already mentioned the college students coming, um, and they brought with them just a ton of energy and excitement and a hunger for God's word. 
Um, I've seen our senior saints, many of whom have been there for decades, long before we got there. They've been incredibly encouraged. And so it was, it's been really, um, it's been great to see them as they realize that the Lord has been faithful to Park Baptist and has answered their prayers that the best years of Park Baptist are not behind them, but in front of them. Um, all of those things. And, and, and also I think the growth and diversity in our church has been like racial diversity. And um, I think that's been very encouraging. So uh, two last questions. One is how can we specifically, how can our congregation specifically pray for you as a pastor and wife? Mm-hmm. And then just any just general prayer request for you this time in your life. Uh, yes. Okay. So as a pastor's wife, I think the biggest prayer request that I have would be that everything, just pray that for my own heart, that everything that I do for the church would be done unto the Lord and not because of expectations that people have for me, not because of any attempt to try to impress other people, but um, only for the Lord. And that's just, I think, an ongoing battle for a lot of people, um, but certainly for pastors' wives, because you feel like everybody's watching, like, well, is she doing enough, or is she doing too much, or is she doing it right or wrong or whatever? Um, And pray that for my children as well, that they would not be the pastor's kids, but that they would come to know and love um, the Lord Jesus Christ because he is worthy to be known and loved. Um, So that's a big one. Um, And that's always a good prayer (laughs) for me. And then you said generally. Generally, Why can we pray for you right now? Yeah. Just uh, pray for my walk with the Lord, um, our family as we raise our family, um, for homeschooling, for balancing all the different um, responsibilities of, you know, work and homeschool and church and housework and <laughs> all of those things. Just always, um, could always use some prayer to balance it well. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for the grace that you have given me and Ellen, uh, that you, the grace you have given her in calling her to yourself. God, we pray that you would just uh, give her that balance, Father, uh, that she would be able to uh, labor hard uh, for you, but God, understand what how to rest in the Lord. Uh, God, help her balance her care for her, her family, her church, um, education, uh, her job. We pray you just bless her in all those areas. Thank you so much for her leadership there. Father, I also just pray specifically that as she serves in all the different capacities she does, God, that she does it unto the Lord, uh, that she serves uh, for you and for your glory, God, not to meet someone else's expectations or um, do something that she feels she has to, to be, to find worth and value, but God, that she would just uh, grow in her love for you and in your, and her love for the church and just serve with a glad and sincere heart. So Father, we thank you so much for um, uh, Ellen and just what uh, she does for our church, what she does for me. Uh, I thank you so much for her life, God. Uh, words can't express uh, how grateful I am uh, for her as a gift. Uh, we pray, God, that you would just uh, bless her and keep her. Uh, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.